Hello, I'm Liv Bolton, and you're listening to The Outdoors Fix, a podcast to inspire people wanting to make adventures outdoors a bigger part of their life. The Outdoors Fix is produced in association with our friends at Ellis Brigham Mountain Sports. My guest today is record-breaking hiker and travel writer, James Michael Forrest. In the past couple of years, he's climbed all the mountains in England, Wales and Ireland in the quickest time ever recorded. He lives in the Lake District, is outdoors most days, and is writing a book about his adventures. But five years ago, his life was remarkably different. He lived in the middle of Birmingham, had an office job, and only occasionally went to the lakes on a weekend. I went to meet James in the Lake District and took him up a fell to record the podcast. It was fascinating chatting to him about how he completely overhauled his life and why he's so much happier. We also got interrupted by some llamas. That's not a joke. Let's get to the podcast. Listen out for the three people James says have inspired his adventures and for the real outdoors fix at the end. A minute of the sounds of nature to help you relax and think about your next adventure. Enjoy. Hello. Hello. Lovely to have you on the podcast. Thank you. We are sitting on a hill overlooking Kendall. We're kind of crouching behind the hill to avoid the wind, but it's a pretty beautiful view, isn't it? It really is, yeah. Some glorious mountains in the distance, so it's a beautiful little spot. Well done for finding it. Yeah. (laughs) So, for listeners who don't know much about you, can you just give them a run through? How would you describe yourself? So, my name's James, I'm 35 years old, I am I suppose an adventurer and a writer. My main thing is I love climbing mountains. I'm a bit of a peak bagging geek. So over the past few years, I've been climbing hundreds and hundreds of mountains around Britain and trying to live as adventurous a life as possible. And it's just been absolutely epic. You've done some incredible challenges in the past few years. Yes. So a couple of years ago, you climbed all of the mountains in England and Wales in the quickest amount of time. How how many mountains was that? Um, so it's 446 mountains wow. um, across England and Wales. Um, and I did it in six months, which was the fastest ever time. And I did it on my days off from work as well. So it was my challenge to... Uh, try and prove that you can go on a big, grand, incredible adventure on your days off from work and you can integrate it with an everyday life. Amazing. And and we'll talk about that later on in the podcast. Okay, you cool. also have just done a similar thing, but even crazier, it seems, in Ireland, where you climbed all of the mountains there. And, and how many how many days is that? Uh, so I did it in um, eight weeks. Uh, yeah, I climbed 273 mountains in Ireland. That was an intensive trip, so um, I was lucky enough to get um, two months off work to go and do that. Yeah, it was incredible. The, the mountains of Ireland are beautiful. It's a beautiful country. Oh, it sounds amazing. I can't wait to talk about more of it. But let's take it back. So where did you grow up, and have you always been really adventurous? Um, so I grew up in Birmingham and spent all of my childhood and most of actual my adult life living in Birmingham. I've always been an outdoorsy person, um, always loved uh, sport, especially growing up as a kid, always played football and rugby and tennis, uh, and always loved being active and being outside. We used to go on family holidays to the Lake District, 
that kind of really forged my love for the outdoors from an early age. But it wasn't really an, a, a huge part of my life or an integral part of my life for a long time. It was kind of always there, but I just had a very everyday existence really for 10 years from when I was 20 to 30. I just lived in Birmingham, worked in an office, worked nine to five, went off on adventures at the odd weekend when I had some spare time. But most of the time I just lived in Birmingham and just had had a normal life like everyone else does. So what was your role in Birmingham then in an office? What was your job? Um, So I worked in the charity sector as a charity manager. It was a good job, I liked it, but it was just a very much office-centric existence. So sending lots of emails, sitting in meetings. So I was was kind of really felt a bit trapped and a bit stumped as to how I could uh, get a more adventurous life for myself. And then also there's these sort of societal societal pressures about wanting to progress well in your career and to go down the normal path that everyone goes down yeah. and get a bigger house and a better car and get married and have children and all these all these different things so there's felt like there's a lot of reasons not to become more adventurous or it felt like a difficult thing to achieve I wasn't sure how to go about it there didn't seem to be a set route or a set ladder to go about achieving that so what was the pivotal moment then what was that first step i went for a kind of quite an extreme step which was i um, ended up quitting my job um, selling my house and going traveling around the world so that what yeah that is quite extreme isn't it but how exciting (laughs) yeah it was incredibly exciting it was a bit scary at the same time as well um there's times i thought oh god you know have have i ruined my life have i thrown everything that i've worked for for the, ne- the last decade down the drain but equally it was incredibly exciting as well it felt like I was really pursuing my passions and that I was really doing something that I genuinely wanted to do and just felt felt amazing it felt life-affirming and uh, and all those barriers and obstacles before I made that decision that felt so big didn't feel so big once yeah. I'd done it. it it actually felt quite simple to do in a way it's more of a psychological barrier to get over and once I did it I uh, never regretted it once so did you where did you go traveling then so i I traveled to um, australia and new zealand uh, and fiji and then through southeast asia and and flew home from from bangkok so that was six months of traveling and then um, when i got home i decided to live on a farm in the lake district and volunteered on a farm for six months and so had this kind of full 12 months off work um, just um, pursuing my passions and indulging in the outdoors and just having a crazy epic uh, adventure Uh, and yeah it was just amazing how did you move from that taking a year off work Mm -hmm. to then thinking actually i can make this my career actually i just have to interrupt this to say that there are four llamas that have just walked past (laughs) which is hilarious yeah Wow. Can we okay. can we go walking? I know. With them or... Can we just yeah, go on a little, little follow of them? They're kind of cute, right? Aren't they? Yeah. But don't they spit at you apparently? Oh I think. possibly, yeah, that's not so cute. <laughs> <laughs> um anyway, so you yeah, how did you make that from the year out through to potentially a possible mm-hmm. real way of living and, and mm-hmm. career? So my year out was this kind of hedonistic uh 
um, 12 months of being able to do whatever I wanted and um, pursue my passions and not have any real adult responsibilities and it felt amazing um, but I had a lot of time to think about things during those 12 months as well and um, certainly towards the end of it I was really meditating on and thinking very deeply about how I can try and make this adventurous life more sustainable. I was able to have that 12 months off because I spent a decade of saving up money so I blew a load of money in 12 months obviously to go traveling around the world um, but then I was trying to kind of figure out how I can live more adventurously in a sustainable manner and so I thought about a few different things. I thought about trying to move somewhere that's more adventurous so if you live somewhere more adventurous then you can access adventure more easily. Yeah. Uh, so if you're living in Birmingham, I mean that I lived most of my life in Birmingham, it was all good but it took me three, four hours to drive up to the Lake District so the place that I love more than anywhere else in the world so that, that's a barrier to adventure, it's a long way away. So I wanted to try and move and live somewhere adventurous. Then. My second plan was to try and get a more adventurous job if possible, uh, something that as part of the job it is adventurous, perhaps you're outdoors or you're doing adventurous activities. And then thirdly, my idea was to um, work less basically, which sounds <laughs> funny, but, um, um, but if you're in a full-time job and you're sat behind a desk for 40 hours every week, then that just inevitably restricts you from accessing adventure or spending time outdoors. So I wanted to try and get a part-time job if I could to try and give me extra time for adventure. So if I could manage to maybe work four days a week rather than five days a week, then suddenly I've freed up 50 days a year that I can dedicate for, for, for adventure. I used those few different strategies. I moved to the Lake District, so I was close to adventure. I um, got a job that was more outdoorsy. What was and, that? Um, so that was work. I was kind of doing two things. I worked for um, Fixer Fells, which is a project that repairs the paths of the Lake District mountains. I was office based, but I managed to get out and about quite a lot in my everyday job. And then I was slowly building up work as a freelance writer, writing for magazines about the outdoors, which was a very outdoorsy role. And then, as I said, I was working uh, part-time. So across those two jobs, on average, I was working four days a week. So I'd freed up an extra day a week for adventure. So those kind of three things that I think anyone could do. They're hopefully quite little practical changes to your life that can enable you to live more adventurously. So then you had this sort of extra 50 days a year. Yes. And then you were like what adventure do I want to go on? So what was your first big adventure? Exactly. Well, I mean, I started off by just using these extra days just for extra little weekend trips and extra little days out here and there, which was really, really nice. Um, but having spent that year in 2016, traveling the world and then working on this farm, I, I had this real longing to go on another big grand adventure. I wanted to do something really epic, thinking about it I was trying to come up with ideas and then I stumbled across these two books that I had at home um, they're called The Mountains of England and Wales by John and Anne Nuttall and they list these 446 mountains across the two countries that are over 2,000 feet high and and then I just thought actually you know maybe I've got three days off a week every week including a weekend um, maybe would over six months would I be able to walk all of these it would be lots of small little trips but um, if I combine them all together and had this overarching mission maybe I can uh, climb all of them in six months in the kind of spring summertime the window of best weather and 
And yeah, that was just an idea that kind of sprouted in my mind and then I ran with it and that was my big adventure. How much planning went into that? Because I suppose you've got to, you've got to think about, you know, which weekend for which mountains and... Um, well, you'd think that, but I actually went for quite a minimalist uh, planning approach. So okay. I tried to kind of just wing it essentially. Um, <laughs> and it was, yeah, there was obviously was quite a bit of planning, but what I generally did was just throw all my hiking gear in, in my car, look on the Met Office website and check where in England and Wales had the best weather or perhaps more accurately the least rain that weekend <laughs> and um, then just drove off. Um, all I needed was really the maps on my phone and downloaded the maps to my phone, um, my guidebooks, the, John and, the books by John and Ann Nuttall and then I'll just go off for three days and climb as many mountains as I could. Um, I didn't book any accommodation, just had my tent with me, my one-man tent. I just wild camp wherever I went. Um, so it's quite kind of quite quite easy to go about and I just tried to have a minimalist approach to planning I, I quite like the unpredictability of ventures I like um, kind of going with the flow and sometimes if things go wrong or you go down a end up doing something that you hadn't fully planned that is actually where the best adventures happen so that's kind of my style I guess I love that yeah. so were there particular favorite peaks that you had when you were doing that England and Wales mountain challenge? Yeah, I, I mean, I, everywhere I went, I loved every different area, had its kind of own charm or, or something appealing about it. My favourite places definitely are the Lake District and Snowdonia. I love dramatic mountains. I love sweeping ridgelines and, and cliffs and ro uh, rocky outcrops and just dramatic mountains. So I loved exploring Snowdonia and the Lake District. Other places I went, like the Pennines and Yorkshire Dales and Dartmoor and the Brecon Beacons, they had a certain charm to them, but they didn't have the wow factor quite for me. I still love them, but um, definitely the Lake District and Snowdonia were special places for me. Um, perhaps some of my favourites are some of the classics like Trafan um, in Snowdonia. I loved doing the Snowdon Horseshoe with the Crib Gok. Yeah. Uh, in the Lake District, I loved Halvelli and I loved Blencathra. You know, they're some of my favourites. I used a few tactics to be able to kind of peak bag quickly. Because I was wild camping, that really helps because you can walk up high get into the mountains and then stay on the ridges for um, a whole weekend. Yeah. You can stay high in the mountains, you don't have to walk all the way back down to your car. So the following morning after you've camped, you can wake up and you're right in the middle of the mountains ready to kind of walk and uh, bag the next few peaks. Another thing I did was sometimes I walked linear routes uh, and then hitchhiked back to my car, um, which was like a really cool part of my adventure. And that enabled me to often stay high in the mountains, um, tick off loads of peaks uh, along the ridges, and then rather than having like another 20 miles walk back to my car, if I could manage to kind of hitch a ride here, here and there, that made it kind of way more efficient um, rather than having to walk circular or looped walks all the time. How long each day were you walking, do you think? I, I would try and walk for as long as possible. Uh, I would often walk, wake up quite early when I was wild camping, so I was pro probably putting in up to kind of 12 hours would probably be like the maximum amount of time I was walking. But 
I, I was also, I mean, it was a mission. I was marching out and trying to bag as many peaks as possible. But at the same time, I didn't want it to become just a physical challenge. I didn't want it to, to treat the mountains like an obstacle course to be completed in the fastest time possible. Still love the chance to just sit down and take in the scenery or to just really enjoy the mountains, take a moment of kind of self-reflection or enjoy the peace and quiet every now and then. Sometimes the best part of a walk can be when you just actually stay still. So I was kind of keen to keen to keep that and kind of enjoy the, the spiritual uh, <laughs> kind of benefits of the mountains yeah. as well. Because I was going to say, how how did that challenge make you feel? Did you mm. feel like a different person doing it, or did it just bring a kind of calmness to you? What what was that overarching feeling? Yeah, I mean, I think the mountains give give me so much. Uh, I love the freedom of them. I love the escapism. I think they're amazing for your mental health. They're really great at de-stressing me and relaxing me if I'd if I was worried about things at work or in my personal life. that I love the kind of closeness to nature and the landscape. I just I've, have a real longing for that and I feel like it's something innate in humans to be connected to the landscape, to feel connected to nature and I love that mountains give me that. So what was the final peak that you did for that challenge and yeah. how did you celebrate it? Yeah, so that challenge, my final peak was Scarfell Pike in the Lake oh, District. Amazing. So I'd left a kind of dramatic hill for the final, final peak to climb. So it's England's highest mountain, possibly England's most iconic mountain. Um, so I was actually just climbing the final mountain by myself. I didn't have any friends there, no bottles of champagne or no balloons or anything like that. But that was what I, the way I wanted to do it because it had been a solitary challenge. It had been a challenge for me and me alone. It's about me indulging in the mountains, about me enjoying the peace and quiet and the kind of solitary enjoyment of the mountains. So that was exactly how I wanted it to be. It was a very strange feeling getting to the final mountain because I'd thought about it for so long. I felt it was just a real mix of emotions. I felt really happy. I felt elated. I felt relieved. I felt incredibly tired. I felt emotional. I thought about all the good times, all the bad times, just a bit of a whirlwind of emotions. And then to celebrate, my plan was to walk down and have a, an, an amazing slap up meal at the Wasdale Head Inn. Uh, sadly and ironically, they were full, so I wasn't able to get a table. <laughs> Could you not have just said, I've just walked 446 mountains, thank you yeah, very much. I, wanna, I really wanted to say, you know, do you know who I am? I've just, uh, <laughs> do you realise how far I've travelled for this meal? But um, I didn't want to be a diva, so I just uh, <laughs> drove down the road and went to a different pub, so it was all good. <laughs> oh, didn't even get that, but yeah. that sounds amazing. That must have been quite an incredible feeling. And then how did your life change from that? Because obviously you just basically had broken a record mm -hmm. being the fastest person to ever complete those 446 mountains yeah it was it was great to have got that record i felt really proud it felt awesome and it did get me a bit of attention so i was um, in a few newspapers and i had an interview on tv and um, and that was just really lovely to have that attention and um, also had lots of um, lovely messages from people on social media congratulating me and saying they'd you know, follow my journey and being inspired by what I did. And that just felt amazing. That made me feel really great. But at the end of the day, all of that was just, that that paled into insignificance compared to, it was really the mountains that I think gave me, that, that changed me. It was, that trip kind of just really solidified my, 
love for the outdoors. It really gave me that courage and determination to continue living that adventurous life. I'd, I was just really happy that I'd figured out a way to do something really adventurous within an everyday life. So I'd done it all for less than a thousand pounds. Most of it was just fuel driving to these places, but while camping was free, I was using just really old equipment that I'd had for ages. I didn't buy loads of new equipment or loads of new clothes. My waterproof trousers had rips in them. I was using just a really battered old pair of hiking boots, 99 pound Van Gogh tent that um, was a bit battered and bruised. So 10 year old backpack. So I was just, it was an adventure on a shoestring, but Mm. that was my style. I loved doing it that way. So how long was it then between that adventure and then your latest Ireland adventure? I finished my England and Wales challenge in September of 2017 and then there was a year virtually passed before I went to Ireland which was in August of 2018. Yeah. Um, But I wrote a book in between that. Okay, Uh, what was the book about? (laughs) Uh, So my book was about my England and Wales challenge so that's actually another way that my life changed, I guess, from my challenge. So I broke this record, um, climbed all the mountains in England and Wales. And luckily, or maybe I was in the right place at the right time, but I managed to get a book deal to write about that adventure. So in early 2018, I sat down and just wrote about that. And I just love doing that because I've always liked writing. I, I, lo- I love writing about my adventures and it was a really cool way to relive everything that I went through. Uh, I just felt really, really proud to sit down and do that. And I'm just going to be so excited when my book actually comes out. Uh, It's going to be called Mountain Man. Uh, It's coming out in May and hopefully it's really funny and inspirational and entertaining for uh, anyone that wants to buy a copy. Uh, That's my little sales pitch. Sorry, am I allowed to do that? Of course you can. And also, can you believe that you're going to publish a book? I know, I know. It's going to be amazing. I think when I get it actually in my hands, hold it in my hands and see picture of myself on the front cover and that's just going to be a lovely moment for my for my life so so Ireland mm-hmm. how many peaks again in eight weeks uh, yes yeah, so it's 273 mountains these are called the Vandeleur Linums uh, the, the peaks in in Ireland and uh, yes yeah, so I was able to get once I'd finished my book I had a few months off before I needed to go back to my job just took my car over by the ferry full of expedition meals and hiking gear and my tent and and then just uh, drove around Ireland and climbed as many mountains as I as I could. Um, these 273 peaks, and it was just the adventure of a lifetime again. I loved it. It was met amazing people, explored some beautiful landscapes, woke up in incredible places, sleeping under the stars in my tent. So, and it was just another cheap but incredible adventure um, in in Britain. And I, I, you really don't have to go far to go on a. a and on an epic adventure you don't have to go to the south pole or go and trek through a jungle or uh, kayak down the amazon you can stay in britain and have an incredible adventure i loved watching your instagram stories which were hilarious and particularly (laughs) you dancing on top of mountains was that a kind of morale booster Uh, it was a morale booster it was um possibly i was losing my mind a little bit by that (laughs) that point i was spending a lot of time in the mountains by myself so maybe i was uh, going a little bit crazy but um, but yeah I've always tried to be um, as positive a person as I can I think that's really important to be an adventurer and I, when I lived in Birmingham I didn't used to always be a positive person I was sometimes quite a negative person could 
uh, get a bit depressed or get a bit down, but just really tried to be very consciously try and be as positive as possible. And so even if it was raining or I was feeling tired or I was feeling a bit lonely, just whack a bit of music, have a little bit of a dance on top of a mountain top, that will definitely uh, boost your spirits for sure. I think it boosted everyone else's spirits. <laughs> what did spirits. you think of my mood? Oh, obvious, obviously or... they're top notch. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's a little bit more room for practice, but yeah. 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 Don't <laughs> give it your day exp- job expedition. Next, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, funny. But um, I think, you know, you seem to have quite a lot of, a lot of rainy weather in, in Ireland. Yeah, I sure did. That was one of the most difficult parts of my adventures, just the mental challenge of uh, climbing mountains when the weather isn't kind to you. So um, if it's beautiful, sunny weather and blue skies and all the rest of it, then it's just an absolute joy to climb a mountain. If it's raining and it's windy and it's foggy or cloudy and you can't see any views, then that's just does dampen your spirits a little bit. And so I really struggled with that a bit. Um, it's okay for a day or two but when it happens day after day after day uh, can get you down there's one stage where I walked for 10 days in a row in Ireland I think I climbed over 50 mountains and didn't see a view from a single one and so on that 10th 10th day I was just demoralized and so down it really really got to me I did feel like giving up almost it I was thinking oh am, am I really enjoying this is this worth it uh, what's the point of doing this? Uh, um, I just felt like going home and grabbing a tub of Ben and Jerry's ice cream and just watching Netflix. But uh, but yeah, I persevered and I didn't want to be a quitter and I, I wanted to keep going. And, and I'm so glad that I did, did keep going because actually, you know, if you go through those lows, if you go through those difficult bits, the highs are even sweeter. So that's kind of... Uh, it's, it's worth keep going, worth persevering, and it felt amazing to kind of get to the end of that challenge as well. And where was the final peak there? Um, so I was in southwest Ireland. Uh, it was a mountain called Nocknadobar, and unfortunately uh, that final mountain again was in 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 bad weather. But oh. um, but but Kerry was uh, this was I think in County Kerry, and it's just incredibly beautiful county. The mountains down there are really really special, beautiful wilderness, like amazing 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 peaks and uh, yeah it was just another a bit like Scarfell Pike it, I just felt really really happy I felt so relieved to have got to the final top I felt really really proud uh, it was just a- almost a bit a moment of ecstasy kind of by myself just laughing out loud and just feeling so happy that I'd ma- I've managed to make doing things like this part of my life this is this is my life this is what i do every year and hopefully can continue to do for years to come so have you got ideas for your next adventure yeah i do i mean now i've climbed all of the 2000 foot mountains in england wales and ireland and um, there's really only kind of one way that i can go um, uh, which is scotland uh, yeah. perhaps to, uh, an attempt of the munros at some point it's going to feel a bit like a trilogy of adventures i did england wales first then ireland then scotland um, yeah i think when i hopefully if i get to the end of scotland then it will come full circle and it will have been like a kind of unified adventure over a kind of three-year period this kind of big one big experiment of trying to make my life more adventurous and indulge in the mountains so james who are the three people who have inspired your outdoors adventures one of them is a guy called rory southworth he is 
um, just like super charismatic, super energetic, just always got a smile on his face. He's a runner, a hiker. Uh, he loves the lake district, loves uh, getting out and exploring as much as he can. Um, he like, has a normal everyday job. Um, I think he works Monday to Friday, nine to five, but then just constantly getting out into uh, the mountains and into the great outdoors as much as he possibly can. But he really inspires me most of all because of his kind of positive attitude to life. He's always got a smile on his face. Um, whenever I see him, it just immediately makes me feel happy, puts a smile on my face as well. Um, his enthusiasm and passion and exuberance are infectious and that's why I'm really inspired by him. Great. Now, how about your second person? Uh, so my second person is a girl called Laura Doling. She is from Essex. She, she's, she's pretty young. I think she's 24 years old. And she has moved to the Lake District, flipped her whole life upside down, come to indulge in a more adventurous and outdoorsy lifestyle. So she loves to get out into the fells, to go hiking, uh, does a bit of wild camping, just loves exploring the beautiful mountains of the Lake District. But I'm just really inspired because um, despite her being so young, she's had the um, bravery and courage to uh, make a massive change in her life, move somewhere hundreds of miles from where she lives, away from her family, away from her friends, and choose to live a more adventurous lifestyle. Um, it took me a very long time to make that decision and to have the courage to do that. I spent a decade, as, a, as you know, living in Birmingham, working in an office, and sometimes I have thought in the past, oh, you know, maybe I could have made that decision earlier. Why did I wait so long? And and um, and there are those barriers that stop lots of people. So I just really admire Laura for being so young, but of having having had the courage to to go out and do that. Amazing. How about your third person? Um, so I'm going to choose um, a Nicola Hardy Adventurer. Nick. Um, she again is someone that lives in a city, has a everyday lifestyle, works Monday to Friday, nine to five, but, but then is really energetic and really committed to getting out there and exploring the mountains and climbing mountains as much as possible uh, on, in her free time. And she's just completed the Wainwrights in uh, a, exactly a year. And just uh, her, again, her love and passion for the outdoors is really, really inspiring. Amazing. Oh, well, thank you so much. They're, they're no great worries. to hear about them and I'm sure that people will love exploring them on Instagram sure. and hearing more about their adventures. Awesome. Coming up at the end of the podcast, your real outdoors fix. A minute of the sounds of nature to divert your mind away from daily life. But first, back to James for his tips and advice. A lot of the, the scary thing for people who are considering trying to make their lives more outdoors mm -hmm. is, is some of the financial aspects of mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. How did you find it? I suppose with the finances, I when I travelled around the world and took that year off, I was only able to do that because I had a good job with a good wage for 10 years and I'd saved money every year for a decade. So I had a stash of savings behind me that I could use to... Um, have a, have a year off. I, I, I realise that's quite lucky. Not everyone has those is able to do that. But more sustainably, I found that it is actually that there are some tactics that you can use to 
be able to live more frugally and live more simply. That Living more simply is how I've been able to get more adventures into my life. So when I was kind of rebuilding my life after selling my house and moving from Birmingham, I've kind of downsized a lot of things. So I've got, um, just tried to create a very simple life. So I got a smaller, cheaper house than what I had in Birmingham. So then it's a lot cheaper every day. Uh, you know, your sorry, your monthly expenses are a lot cheaper. Uh, I got a cheaper car. I was shopping in Aldi rather than in Sainsbury's. I was uh, walking places rather than driving to places. I wasn't buying a coffee every day or, or lunch every day. Right, just making your own sandwiches. Little changes to kind of reduce your expenditure can help you to integrate more adventure into your life. The other thing is that also to think to remember that you can go on adventures really cheaply. So if you want to climb Everest, it's not going to be cheap or you're going to travel halfway across the world and travel through South America for six months. That's not going to be cheap. But lots of my adventures were just really, really cheap. I was just in Britain. Uh, I was sleeping in my tent while camping is completely free. So just you can have a big, epic, grand adventure for less than a thousand pounds really, really easily. You don't, not everyone has to leave their home and quit their job and move somewhere else and, and flip their whole lives upside down. Other people could just, it might just be about dedicating a, a, an extra weekend here and there to go away somewhere and climb some more mountains or go walking or, or, or whatever, indulging in their hobbies. Or it could be someone doesn't have to quit their job. Maybe they could just ask their work if they can have a little career break and they could go on a big adventure, but they've got their job to come back to. Or it could be someone, like I said, going working a bit less if they get a chance to go part-time for a little while and they can have an extra day a week that they could go and go out walking or go climbing or, or go mountain biking. There's lots of different ways that you can go it. There's not, it's not kind of one size fits all. Looking back at mm -hmm. yourself in Birmingham mm -hmm. and yourself now today, looking yeah. over this beautiful view in the Lake District and living out here and working out here, how do you feel? Uh, I just feel so, so happy. I, you know, my old life, it wasn't terrible, but I knew kind of deep down in my heart that I wasn't happy in that, that I was a bit fed up, it didn't feel right for me. Um, there was hundreds of reasons not to change my life and I feel like I could have quite easily still be stuck in that old existence, but I just feel so happy that um, I've made those changes, that I've chosen to live more adventurously, I've had amazing experiences and I'm just so much happier for it, I'm a much more content and happy person in everyday life and just wake up every morning um, in the Lake District kind of looking forward to the day ahead knowing that I'm where I want to be in the world and that feels great and I think the kind of most powerful thing is that it you know there's nothing really special about me that enabled me to do it that I think that anyone can change their life or anyone can choose to live more adventurously if I could do it I really think that all of the listeners here could do the same it's just having a little bit of courage to um, go against the grain and make that decision to to go down that path and it often feels scary at first but it really isn't once you do it and I'm sure people won't regret it um, I certainly haven't 
Amazing. It's been so good to talk to you. Thank you so much, James. Thank and you. thank you for you know, indulging my uh, desire to be on a hill while we have this chat. Yeah. It's been really lovely. And Beautiful. we've got the sun still shining in our faces. Yeah, we're so lucky. It's been, it's been awesome. Thank you so much. No worries. Before we get to the real outdoors fix, which is a relaxing minute of the sounds of nature, I wanted to say thank you so much for listening. And if you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe to it. Also, I'd love to hear your feedback about the Outdoors Fix. So please leave your comments on social media or the website, which is www.theoutdoorsfix.com. You'll also find photos of James and his adventures as well as other episodes. But now, time for a bit of escapism. Thank you for listening to The Outdoors Fix. The podcast is proudly supported by Ellis Brigham Mountain Sports, stores nationwide and online, offering everything you need to equip you for the best outdoors experience.